Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the SBL podcast, usually hosted by Scott and Ian, but today you got this face. My name is Sharon Reynold. I occasionally pop up on the podcast and are over on the YouTube channel. But Ian will be joining us in a second. We actually filmed this podcast last week when we were doing an IG live and we were answering people's burning questions all around bass, gear, and this crazy thing called the music biz. I'll let you get to that in a second. But first, a little bit of SBL housekeeping. Number one, we've got our usual mentor session running today, hosted by the great Todd Johnson, and he'll be talking about the days of wine and roses, his melodic and rhythmic sequences part two. And next week's mentor session will be run by Danny Moe, and he'll be talking about the Philly sound. And then we're running a super exciting challenge over on the SBL campus, where you can set your intentions and outcomes in our super focused New Year's XYZ challenge. And then finally, and this is also how I will segue very cleanly into our main meat of the podcast. Today is the day where we launch a new program over on the SBL Academy. And you do have to be a member in order to join. It is called Live Class. And I won't tell you more about it right now because we're going to talk about it on the pod. But if you do want more information about it, head over to liveclassnow.com. I'm going to say that one more time because that's what people do apparently. Liveclassnow.com. And now we will bring in Ian and let's do this thing. You guys, I just put new strings on this bass, and it's like... Do you ever want to just take like a, a line and just play it over and over and over and over? Um, I sometimes when I put on new strings too, like just the slap sound. really fun my amp is behind me I'm, i've got a different setup going on right now because we're actually doing this instagram live simultaneously with a podcast for the sbl podcast and my guest is the incredible sharon reynolds now i can see sharon right here and she can see me but you guys can't see sharon yet i'm gonna invite her on in one sec um yeah and you guys hi how's it going uh, I will say this, you guys can ask any questions you want for me and Sharon in the question box. That will be the easiest way to see it as the chat kind of scrolls by. But we're going to talk about, we're going to talk about like base and life and education and this new thing that we're doing at SBL and Sharon's experience at Berkeley, the pros, the cons, it's going to be amazing. So please ask your questions. And hey, um, if you want a chance to ask a question on the podcast, this is your chance. So hey, podcast, we're doing an Instagram live at the same time. I'm going to actually invite Sharon on in one second. Um, but hey, I'll ask, I'll answer a couple of questions right now if you guys want. Freezing Finland in the house. What's up? Stone Harbor, New Jersey, Los Angeles. Uh, sometimes the top end of a bass is the, I think the coolest sounding thing to get a picture of how a bass sounds is like you play it with a technique that reveals the top. Sometimes like when you just play this way, it's hard to understand like, how does this bass actually sound? But if you play it with a pick... Or if you slap it. It's 
much easier then to like get the character of the instrument to come out. Yeah. <laughs> when is the slap bass accelerator coming back? This year, for sure. Well, uh, Sharon, is that correct? <laughs> I think so. Uh, yeah, I think so. I think it's coming back this year for sure. What do I think of Yamaha basses? They're amazing. I have a couple of old BBs. Absolutely fantastic. Um, yeah, and honestly, I, I don't know how the bass sounds, you guys, because I have just an amp behind me. And it, it might sound kind of crazy because it's just coming from an amp straight in. Yeah. All right. Hey, I'm going to bring on Sharon Reynolds to the stream. Hey, Heck. what's going on? You got a bass in lap two today? I have a bass in lap two, but I don't have an amp in this room. I have an amp in the other room, but it is freezing. I didn't want to do the pod slash live there. So <laughs> here I am without an amp. But you can hear me and people on the pod will be able to hear me. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, you got that cool P bass. I love that bass. Yes. Vintage white? Vintage, Vintage blonde? blonde? Yeah, because it's a 40-year anniversary Squire. That's right. And I'm still hearing you echoing from somewhere, but... Yeah, your... I think we we can't really turn off the phones entirely because Instagram... Are you like, sure? Oh, just do the just yeah. do the volume all the way down. I did. It keeps going up. <laughs> it does? Yeah. It's it keeps like going up? Yeah, I hear oh, yeah. myself from your end as well a little bit. So it's oh, like, yeah, yeah, just a little bit. We're just going to have to deal with it. You know what, Sharon? Like the professionals we are, <laughs> we're just going to have to deal with it. Ooh, somebody said, Ian, I love you, but is Sharon the most skilled player at SBL? Oh, Absolutely damn. not. Absolutely, Absolutely yes. Not. No. <laughs> Absolutely yes. I would, I would actually say, I mean, there's a lot of skilled players that, especially the IG account, does do not know about like Ben Walker. Oh hell yeah! Jack slowly sneaking in on the IG account. Jack Killer on the SBL so, team. I mean everyone, everyone on basically everyone. We have a couple of sneaky guitarists and drummers that work at SBL, but everyone else, bassists. A lot of bassists, and they're all amazing. Well, that was a really nice way to get out of that one, Shaz. You got out of that one. Good job. <laughs> no, Sharon's amazing, and it's so fun. It's so fun to get to do this. Happy New Year. For, before Happy we dive New into Year. this, do you have any, like, do you do New Year's resolutions? Do you think they're totally crap? Did you do some? Have you stuck with them? Have you bailed? Give me your, give me your take on New Year's resolution and what's going on with you this year. I, for a second there, I had one, which was, like, I have to sit and try to write music at least once a day, even if it's just yeah. 10 minutes. I have failed, what is today, the fifth? I have failed two out of five, uh, three out of five days. <laughs> um, it's not going well. I don't usually make resolutions because I know myself and it's not going to go well. And then if I do make a resolution and I fail it, I feel like I can't pick it up until next year. So I prefer to right. not do one. That way I can pick it up without shame. <laughs> I, I like that. Just set your expectations really low. Yes. Don't make the resolution. <laughs> Listen, it can only go upward if you start at rock bottom. <laughs> so true. I feel like I've always done the resolution thing. But I don't tell anybody about it. Like, I don't post about it or I don't – and I don't even really let myself – like, it sort of creeps in at the very end of the year of like, oh, yeah, I mm -hmm. should probably be better at doing that. Maybe I'll make that a resolution. But I don't say it because 
what kind of idiot am I? Say it and then I don't do it and then, oh. Exactly. Expectations low. <laughs> yeah, expectations low. But Okay, but if – all right, how about this? If you don't have a big like New Year's resolution thing going on this year, what do you have – what's a goal? What's a goal for this year, even a loose goal that you hope to achieve? I have been working on my album for a long time and this is the year where I work on it for reals. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll we'll see how it goes. Awesome. Um, yeah. That's cool. I have an album it's, too it's cool. that I need to do some work on. <laughs> yeah. I want to hear more about this. Oh well, you know. I've talked about it before on the podcast, but it's like a I mean it's just for me I have this sound in my head that I've had for a long time and I need to get it out. It's a cross between like vaporwave electronic production and then that kind of Montana sound, spring reverb yeah. and tremolo. So it's like electronic beats and production that sounds sort of dangerous with that kind of like dusty spaghetti western Quentin Tarantino thing on the top. That's oh, that like it. I hear it. I hear the whole world inside my head and it's a fun it's a fun world to hear and I'm excited to like, you know, finally finally get it out yeah that is so cool oh, yeah. someone says theirs is to finish the technique accelerator you got this you absolutely got this <laughs> mine i should be also to finish the technique accelerator <laughs> yeah you guys what are you what are some of your um on instagram here what are some of your uh resolutions or even just goals they don't have to be resolutions um, i see bass. somebody what's that Someone says, play more bass. Oh, yeah. I agree. Same, man. Ooh, and then uh, Morocco saying, play Pastorius line. I wonder which one that is. There's a lot of great Pastorius lines. Are you talking about, like, um, doing portrait? That's a that's such a freaking beast. I feel like I come back and work on that thing a couple times a year, every year. And it's always like, if I don't work on it all the time, it just, the rust, just the barnacles start to grow, you know? <laughs> yeah. And we've got a bunch of questions, Sharon, in the, in the question oh, box. Oh, oh, here we go. Yeah. Do you want to, do you want to pull one of those up? We can answer sure. a couple of questions. Ha, I really like this one. Ian, when are you sending... Oh, this is from Andy Baxter. It's even better. Okay. Andy Baxter? When... What's up, Andy Baxter? When are you sending him one of those lull bases? Oh, my question. God. <laughs> uh, hopefully soon. I mean, we just do these in small batches, so there actually aren't, like, a ton of them out there because we've done them. We've just done runs, so it's not, like, a made-to-order base. This is a Mike Lull IMA4. This was one from the first batch, um, and uh, I think there's only one other purple one or fire mist lavender if i want to get the marketing language correct the color language um yeah there's only one other of these but then there's other colors as well but hopefully andy hopefully we'll make a few more this year i know that we are making a few more this year so we'll see if we can get one over to you that'd be pretty cool yeah yeah there's another one um are you and scott i'm assuming they mean you ian uh, I think planning they mean on you. Go, I doubt it. <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think there's anything that I've done with... Oh, we did the uh, London shoot where I was with Scott. But Absolutely. I, I do a lot of stuff with Scott. I should, maybe my New Year's resolution should be to do more stuff with do Scott. Do more stuff with Scott? I think that could be... I think do that could a be a jazz arranged. fusion video. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> that would be... I would love to watch that video. I don't want to make that, that video, be, so that's on you. my pants making that's that video next to Scott. That's on you for sure. Yeah. Okay, are you and Scott, Ian... 
planning on going on the road. Would be good to see a base workshop tour. We are not oh going God. on the road anytime soon as far as I'm aware of. But you and I are going to be somewhere very soon. We are. That is true. Yeah, Sharon and I are going on the road. We're going to be at the NAM show in Los Angeles. Yeah. Oh, I mean, and so if anybody's at NAM, um, we're going to be walking around, hanging out. So if you're at NAM, please come say hi. We love talking to you. We love seeing you. It's so fun. That show, actually, my first time ever was last year. And was that your first time too, Sharon? It was my first time as well, yeah. Yes. So it was like we were totally like Nam noobs walking around, like just like tourists, <laughs> like just like wide-eyed and like, oh, this is awesome. <laughs> and it was awesome. Um, and what's up? I'm, I see Mr. Spencer Lull in the chat as well. What's Ooh. up, dude? We're going to see you. We're going to see you and Maddie. At NAM, that's going to be super fun. But yeah, please, guys, if you're at NAM, come say hi. It's going to be a blast. Um, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I might even. I, you never know. I might even bring this bass. You never know. I might. I might. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. Um, I think you should. Yeah, I think. I think I, think I should too. We'll see. Um, <laughs> play a Jocko. Play a Jocko riff real quick for my ADHD. Um, okay, how about this one? How about... Uh... <laughs> I really like this bass. Jeez. I really like Jocko, too. Uh, <laughs> any more questions, Shaz? Do we have any more There's questions? So many questions. I'm sifting through them. Come wanna, on, let's do it. Q and A or sausages? This has nothing to do with bacon. I love <laughs> bacon or sausages? Bacon or sausages? You answer first. I probably would go. Well, it depends how the bacon is cooked. Oh, are you floppy like or crispy? Mm, not super crispy. I like it when it's just just before crispy. It's a little crispy, but still has the juice. I hate it when it's just when it's dry. too yeah, it's too dry and crunchy. Yeah. Horrible. But generally yep. sausage. Uh, like I'm a floppy more... bacon guy. I like floppy bacon. It's my favorite. <laughs> uh so I'm not a big crispy bacon fan either. You know what else too? We will cook up a, a round of bacon and then we'll eat some of it and then we'll put some of it away in the freezer, not the freezer, the fridge, just the fridge. We don't freeze it. We just fridge it. And then I even like just cold bacon right out of the fridge. Oh, oh 100% I agree. <laughs> yes. Yes. Delicious. Okay. I love that. What else we got, Shaz? Oh, there's so many questions. So many people are asking about your base. Where did you buy it? This base? want to talk about it? Oh, yeah. oh, this base right here? Should we just do another just little quick rundown of this? Mm-hmm. I will. I will do a quick little rundown of this. This is a Mike Lull base. I am a four. Um, which is uh, my signature instrument. I didn't call it that last year because I was like, no, it's a collaboration. But I have really, really bonded with this um, enough to really want to make it like an official thing. So, uh, Spencer, can we make it official? Can this be a signature bass? <laughs> we do them in small batch runs. It's essentially a combination of a jazz bass and a uh, Thunderbird. So Thunderbird pickups here, jazz bass, full-size jazz bass body. It's super lightweight. 
solid ash, which is very cool. It has a custom wiring harness, so like high value pots here, a really nice tone control. Very simple ebony fingerboard. And this neck is the kind of like a custom profile that we came up with that sort of marries, I think actually the coolest specs from a T-Bird, a P-Bass and a Jazz Bass, slightly wider than a Jazz at the nut, but not as wide as a P. It's about the depth of a jazz bass from the late 70s, which I love. And it's a flatter radius. It's a 12-inch radius like a Thunderbird. Um, and then it has this giant oversized reverse headstock, which I love. It's super rock and roll. It's like a little bit, you know, which I think is cool. And, and, then, there's, uh, and then the whole thing is painted. So like the back of the neck, poly, which is like slippery oh, and good. feels amazing. I just think it's beautiful. Um, and it's made by Mike Lull, the team at Mike Lull, that they're the absolute best. They're the best. They make the most beautiful, amazing sounding basses. Um, and every time I go back to the wall to pick something else up, I kind of miss this one. So it's crazy. So, yeah, that's that's a story with the Lull. Um, and we've done two batches so far. They've sold out really quickly. We're probably going to do at least two more this year in 2024. Um, Spencer, I think that's right. If Spencer, if you're still on, I think that's correct. Um, and it's going to be a blast. So they're amazing. And you know, if you want to, if you want to check one out, I think you can get on a mailing list, um, either via my, uh, Instagram, or if you go to Mike Lull, you can get on that list and be notified. What that's the defines, what defines a signature base? Don't you think a base called the IMA is kind of signed? <laughs> Well, okay, I will tell you this. I didn't want to make something with Lull that was like that had my signature on it or that that had like a logo of like my hat and glasses or like I don't know, there was something um and I didn't want to make the specs too esoteric so that it was just something that was like just for me. I really wanted to make something that was uh really like that everyone would enjoy or could enjoy and play. And I didn't want, like, honestly, I didn't want to do something where, you know, I've got the signature on it and someone special orders it and goes, um, yeah. And when you make mine, can you just scrape off the signature? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't like signature bases. I don't buy, you know, signature bases. And, and I, I wanted to make something that felt more like a collaboration, less like a, Oh, this is Ian's base. So I think it's for everybody. That said, it is called the IMA4, which are my initials and then the number four. Uh, but, you know, I digress. Um, yes, I, I love it, though. And I'm proud that it's my signature base. But it also could be a base for anybody. You played it. You tried to steal it from me. I have me. played it. I, what? Me? <laughs> Stealing a base? I don't know where we get this notion from. You tried to run out the venue with it. I have video evidence. <laughs> Man, we never posted that. We need to post this. We, we need to post, post that. it. That's some yeah. good content right there. Yeah, we will. We'll post it. So do you – I have a couple of questions from Lydia, our head of content, that we are supposed yes. to talk to about – talk to about. Yes. Mm, very little sleep here. <laughs> that we are supposed to talk about today. But did you want to run a couple more questions? No, no, no. no. IG? No, we'll come back. We'll come back to some IG <laughs> okay, questions. Good. It's we'll all good. Yeah, we'll be okay, back with some IG questions. Let's take a couple questions from the boss, from Lydia. Yeah. What's up? Yeah. What's up, okay. Lydia? So Lydia's today, like, stop talking, talking about bases. <laughs> Lydia is not watching, I think. Okay, got it. Lydia is getting LASIK or in this very oh, moment. that's right. That's right. <laughs> 
and she won't be able to watch it for another five days. We oh my god, that's right. Okay. We can say whatever we want. <laughs> okay. Um, she wants us to tell people, the people of the world, our journey of learning the bass because we are going to eventually tell you guys about a new program that we're starting at SBL and it's going to all lead there. But we're going to start with our journeys of learning the bass. Oh my gosh, our journeys. And down in the chat, you guys, if you want to drop in how, when you started, like love to know, when did you start to play? Did you have any times where you were really in like a valley, a peak, a valley? Has has it been rosy? Has it not been? I mean, we can, we'll dive in and talk about this, but let's let this be um, a conversation as well um, with you guys. Oh, I see Daisy Pepper in the chat. What's up? Hey says obsessed with that color. I think she's talking about your base, Sharon. I doubt it. <laughs> I doubt it. It's a cool color, but I mean. <laughs> it is a cool generic? color. I, I'm not doing generic. like double pinks today, which is kind of odd, but I'm I'm also kind of feeling it. Some double pink action. <laughs> oh, um, well, I can tell you briefly because I think I think your story is more um, interesting, interesting and exciting. So I'll get mine out of the way and be brief. Um, I started to play because I was bad at basketball. I was really tall. I was bad at basketball. Shot at the wrong basket. Mortified in front of my friends and family. And I was like, I need to do something. My mom's like, you can't just play video games. I'm like, then I think I want to play the stupid bass. And, uh, you know, cause I was like, there was a band, right. And they needed a bass player. And I was like, Ugh. but I had some people in my family that were bass players. I have a cousin named Arison and an uncle named Roman, awesome bass players, killing bass players. Um, and they still play and they were really influential to me. So I started to play. I had a teacher that was, um, really not a great teacher in the beginning. It kind of turned me off to, to teaching and education. Actually, he kicked me out of his class because he thought I was trying to like show him up when I was 13. I was slapping something. I remember he showed me how to, he showed me how to play Stu Ham's black ice, but, it, but he showed me there. But then I just, dis I discovered that it was in drop D. And I showed him and I was so excited that I, that I discovered that. You figured that, that out. <laughs> yeah. And I thought, and I was like 13 and I thought he was going to be really proud of me. And instead he let his ego, he let his crazy weird ego oh, um, get to him. And he was like, oh, you think you're better than me? That kind of thing. Kicked me out. So I had a really odd relationship with teachers. Like I thought that, oh, you know, everybody is just like a weird, like I didn't have very good teacher experience early on, but then I did have a lesson with Brian Bromberg later that changed my life and some really excellent educators in Minneapolis, Gary Rayner and Terry Burns. Shout out to those guys. I studied upright with them a little bit, but mostly I was self-taught. Mostly I just was in bands and um, I started to do the studio musician thing when I was in my mid twenties and I had a really rocky start. Um, but then kind of got some footing in that world. And I was just, um, absolutely desperate for knowledge on the base. If I talked to anybody, I, I wanted to ask him, I wanted to learn the modes. I wanted to do all the things, um, that like all the nerdy base academic things. And I didn't have actually a very good outlet. I mean, and I think about this all the time. I think about if SBL had existed then just how different my trajectory would have been. And just in terms of like, 
learning jazz vocabulary early because that's something that I really didn't pick up on until I started to be a teacher myself at a college, um, a, a reluctant uh, base educator because I wanted to right some wrongs that I, you know, like I wanted to do it a different way. Um, and so I think for me, th there was nothing. I grew up in the 90s and there was really nothing out there other than instructional videos, right? Mm -hmm. And taking, and I grew up in Montana. There was no one around, <laughs> you know? So it felt very like isolated and alone. Um, and that was so strange. So I was desperate for anything like a community of bass players. Are you kidding me? A Sharon Reynolds on the other side of the lens that I could talk to about bass and life. And like, I was desperate for that stuff. I didn't go to music school. I went to college, but not for music. And, um, you know, I was in a band and that was, I was a band guy. It was like band or bust. Like we're going to change the world. And then when that, of course, you know, when we didn't change the world, I started to play with other people, but I really had to do a lot of it on my own. And I wish that I had more support in that, in terms of like academic support, guru support, mm -hmm. that type of thing, because it was a pretty lonely journey, actually. Mm -hmm. That's sorry. That's mine in a, you know, that's like long story longer, but um, that's mine in a nutshell. Uh, and I you're think changing the world now. <laughs> Yeah. I'm serious. That was not, it sounded really cheesy, but I'm serious. No, you, I just have a hard time taking a compliment. You're very sweet. You're so nice to me, Sharon. I, I my journey got massively impacted by you. So, just from a personal experience, I can say that you're definitely you don't need the tour bus. You don't need the bands. <laughs> I appreciate that. I mean, your journey was crazy. Your journey started early. I my mean, journey is I, in, weird. Yeah, but it's, I can't wait. I mean, and we're all still in a journey, right? I mean, we're all still yeah. doing this journey. And I, I'm so thankful to still be on the journey at 45 years old. Um, but you, what? how old were you when you started to play? And what did that look like for you? I was four. I started That's to play at four. I, my parents my parents are musicians. It's not like some weird thing where I just like mm, wanted to do music out of the blue. My parents are musicians. Um, they run a jazz festival in Switzerland called Jazz R. And once a year, they would bring in crazy musicians to do this, like, three or four shows that they would do a week. Um, and then one year, they did a gospel show, and there was this crazy bassist called Keith Vivens. I have not seen him since or heard of him since. I think Keith, he's if just, you're out there. Just, yeah, Keith, if you're out there. <laughs> Please yeah. reach out. You you are the reason I play bass. Um, I think he's just a bassist in a gospel church in Texas, and that's that's kind of it. He's not. I don't think he's like a session musician or something. That's like it's just his passion hobby. And yeah, um, we brought we flew in the entire church. We I say that me a four year old flew in the entire church. My parents flew in the whole choir. I. I don't even remember how many people. It was a lot of people. Um, and that same night, we were watching the footage from the show. And this guy was sweating and jumping and just slapping the bass. Yes. And four-year-old me was for like, Dad, I want to play that. And I had no idea what it was. <laughs> and, and as a musician dad, obviously, he's like, my four-year-old daughter wants to play the bass. Oh, so yeah. You were the golden awesome. child at that moment. Yeah. 
yes because like how adorable and it's also it's like it's like you're young you're you know you're a girl and those two right. things Especially right back at, then i mean that was like 2001 like rarer it's getting more yeah. and more for sure more and more hip for girls to play bass so it's really cool but back then it was definitely not as common yeah just not as common least. right yeah um so that was yeah and he and, had a bass built for you right he had a bass built for me. It's like the size of a tennis racket. It's lighter than a tennis racket, and it plays amazingly. It's this really cool instrument, and I just got it set up for the first time in 20-something years, and it still sounds great. Do you have it close right. by? I It's in the other room. It's not okay. close <laughs> Okay. <laughs> it's so Maybe freaking Maybe at some point cool, if you though. do like a you need to you need to do a monologue and I'll just like sneak off. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, when I start to just go on and on yeah. just like headphones down just Ooh. run away real quick. Yeah. <laughs> but you had you um, have these musician parents that were huge hugely influential like you said they run this jazz program in Switzerland yeah. and they were both Berkeley alum, right? Both Berkeley alum and then no, and the whole family is kind of somehow involved with Berkeley. My aunt runs the Bin School, which is kind of like the the sister schools of Berkeley all over the world. She runs the one in Malaysia. Um, my parents obviously have a lot of connections to Berkeley, and the festival was often in cahoots with Berkeley as well. Um, and then my cousins went there as well. Lydia, our content creator, slash my sister, also went to Berkeley. It's a lot of Berkeley. Yes. Um, yeah, went to Berkeley. A while back, eight, nine years ago, graduated 2018 and then stopped playing the bass. <laughs> I know that's right. Um, which is a really weird, like, this is like my story. Yeah, just <laughs> right. Yeah, you, you went so high, right? And then just like, whew. because when I met you, I didn't even know at first that you were a bass player. I just mm -hmm. thought that you were a video editor. I mean, I, and yeah, I don't, I again, I don't mean just a video like, oh, editor, oh, oh, but I didn't, I didn't even know right away that you were a musician. And then Scott sent, um, this reel of you playing with the Berkeley Indian music ensemble. And I'm like, oh, you're playing this insane six string <laughs> Warwick and singing at the same time, like a beast. And I'm like, oh, but that's not <laughs> the Sharon that I knew, you know, like I, and yeah. I was like, oh, Sharon, are you like an absolute monster and you were like, ah, nah, I'm just, now I just like want to, uh, now I just want to play video games and edit video and it's all good. And I'm like, Oh, That's okay. Perfect. What, why, like what brought you to the drop? Like what brought you to, I don't know if it was rock bottom. I don't want to call it that for you, but like I, what brought you down there? I'd say it was probably the best decision I could have made because I had a weird sort of fatigue. Of yeah. music in general like I did, I barely was even listening to music it, and it's a weird like place to be in when you're just you hear music and you're like oh <laughs> yes Ugh, it was just heavy I think doing it that intensely for so long especially when you're just a little pee and it's yeah. just it was a lot and then Berkeley obviously wasn't a cakewalk although I have only good memories from Berkeley and it was such yeah. a good time I think eventually just doing GB gigs and, and all sorts of that world, wedding band stuff, it just wasn't kind of what I imagined music to be or what I thought I would want to be doing. Right. And I kind of wanted to just niche off and do my own thing while having something else. 
But first, I wanted to focus on something else. Just take a break. Yeah. Clean sure. slate. And then there was this idiot who did this video on the Graceland video, like, album. And his name is Ian Martin Ellison. <laughs> and I had to edit this video. It was so long and it was just so <laughs> yeah, it detailed. Was. Yes, and it, it was, was amazing. And it <laughs> okay. literally single-handedly made me want to pick up the bass again. And Are I was you like, serious? I learned every single track. While editing that. And then I was like, I think I want to go back to playing the bass. So That's yeah, it's insane. actually 100% due to you um, and That's the Graceland insane. video. Yeah. I mean, I feel like you've sort of mentioned that, but I didn't really think that that was real. Or, or I didn't – I thought like, oh, that's like a nice thing to say. Like, oh, your no, video no, got accurate. me back into it. <laughs> Man, that is crazy. I mean, shout I out to Bikiti Kumalo. Oh, like, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, he's – just an incredible bass player. I remember I studied abroad in Scotland when I was doing, you know, I was in college, but I wasn't studying music, but I took a bass to Scotland. Um, and I remember learning that Graceland album there. It was a big, like a big moment for me of like, I wanted to have a project, like a musical project when yeah. I was in Scotland, even though I wasn't doing music academically, it's like in my dorm, I'm like, I'm, I'm, I want to learn like an album kind of start to finish. And it was that one. And um, because I brought a, I chose to bring a fretless over to the UK. I was like really in fretless zone. It was 1999, you know, like it was before you were born. <laughs> hey, hey, hey! I was born. Okay, I might have been three or like. Okay, barely. okay, all right, all right, <laughs> okay, all right, yeah. But I mean, you know, what a what an amazing album, and um, and also too, like I have to say, when I started out at SBL. Um, I was just recording all this footage and sending it away and didn't even really know the people that were editing it. And I remember you doing such an awesome job editing that video. And I was so happy that like it was in good hands. And then you were like, yeah, this made me want to play the bass again. I'm like, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, like after that, did you just dive straight back into it? Are you like. Interesting, interesting question. Um, Every, ever since then, and I think that was like spring 2018, yeah. 2019. No, it would have been 2020 because it was COVID um, or 2021 even. Um, it was kind of a, a, a situation of realizing what I was doing. And I think because I grew up in such an intellectual world of music, it was all intellectual. It was all, yes. can you play the fastest and can you play... Just, just all like it's the not, craziest it's like stuff. The, yeah, but it's not the funnest side of music because it's very competitive and everyone is kind of like shitting on each other. And it's right. Just, it's a very toxic area of music. And I think for the longest time, even at Berkeley, it was this thing of like having to be at the top of that, which is just exhausting. And I don't think really what I wanted to do is just what I was molded to do. Right. It was and like then, the the scene you were in. Exactly. And then taking a break made me, I was only listening to like indie singer songwriter music if I was listening to music, which is completely different than what anything I would play. Because anytime I'd get a gig like that, I'd be like, oh, this is so boring. Super yeah. mature. Um, and then a part of like, in general, all of your videos, starting with the Graceland video, which was the first one I think that I got to edit, were just, they were honing in on the amazingness of a simple baseline and like right. how to get the tone and how to, and it just kind of suddenly was like, 
I don't care about the speed anymore. I just, oh. I love that he can sound exactly like that. And he's having so much joy. Like, mm. you are so happy when you do that. And it's not, it's not. <laughs> It's not a facade that you see on YouTube no. and then, like, 30 seconds later, it's Ian, like, Ugh. No, you're, like, genuinely happy about the basslines that you're playing. And it's it true. made me genuinely happy. And people don't realize that because they don't see all of the outtakes and the sneezes and <laughs> all of that. <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> but it's, like, I think that kind of was really infectious where I just, mm. I wanted to no longer do the, the shred exclusively i still yes. i still find joy in the shred if it's if it sounds nice and there's something cool that i get to do with a tone or something or sometimes it's just a challenge it's like mm, that's faster than what i'm usually used to let's see if i can push myself to that but it's no longer a matter of like competition with someone else it's just do i enjoy it yes no if i don't I'm not touching it if i do let's go and i've just been able to listen to simple music i say that very generously it's not simple and that's what no, i learned i know what you mean but music process. that isn't necessarily predicated on its complexity right yes that it and doesn't so like I'm derive probably, worth from yeah, its complexity and i'm probably still on that journey i'm i know we're doing a bunch of stuff with the indian ensemble right now and i'm going through this like identity crisis of like do i still want to do this music i love mm. the people i love playing the music while i'm at it Am I still a world musician, as I, as one would say it? Mm. I have the skill for it, but it's not necessarily what I identify as anymore. Hmm. I really just like making something shine in music. If it's too much, uh, that's ugh. if there's too many things going on, I'm like, oh, let that's such like, a cool like. So it's yeah, you want to make something shine. Process. That is so cool. I mean, you know, and if you can say that as a bass player, that is our role, you know, to make something yep. else look good or sound good, you know, by our simple playing. Um, that's cool. The, the, I will say though, the crazy thing about you and your playing and your journey is you have all this like horsepower under the hood, you know? So like you can play a simple bass line, but you have the ability to go <laughs> like to like <laughs> rev up the engine and like dust people and and again, I know that that sort of sounds competitive, but it it also you don't even know probably because it's because it's just like it's part of you, but it gives you all this capacity then to do things and to execute lines and to like you know to maybe sing and play something at the same time or like mm -hmm. things aren't as difficult to you or you're able to like access stuff quickly because you have all that facility. You know, I think like sometimes I remember when I was teaching um, at this college and I would tell my students, oh, you know, it's not about chops. It's not about chops. And we're just going to play slowly with the metronome and we're just going to do, you know, and I would try to build these like really tasteful bass players. But where I failed in that is I didn't challenge them enough, honestly. And so then there'd be something that would come across their zone that they had to play something difficult and they couldn't. Because I was like, no, 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 don't do that. <laughs> you know, I was like, it's not about chops. It's about the perfect placement of each note, which I do think that's true. But also you do have to have some facility. You have to have worked on the Dream Theater tunes, the Jocko tunes, the Conical rhythms that you were <laughs> killing me with when we were Torturing. walking around at NAMM. Yeah. You know, like that's 
that stuff is important. And it's, it's cool to have a community too of people that are pushing you, even though the Berkeley thing may have felt sort of toxic. I bet like it, it absolutely turned you into this monster, you know? Um, oh, 100%. And, and I mean, it very much depends on obviously where you go and yeah. who you choose to like spend time with. And, and then honestly, 90% of it is your own perception. <laughs> Of course. Most people might not even be that competitive. Yeah. So yeah. It's, yeah, it's just a, a growth thing. But it's funny that you would say that it's about the community. And, um, <laughs> a little seg. What an interesting segue there that you, that you, that you laid out. Um, well, yeah, it is about the community, isn't it? And I mean, before we even move on to that, let me just say this. You guys have taken this seriously, which is so cool in the comments. Like, I just want to read a couple of these. Um, you know, The Real Thumper says, started playing in 2001, basically self-taught for the first few years, then got formal lessons, learning modes and scales. Past couple years, been working more in technique. Awesome. Marshall 101 saying, I started playing 25 years ago, still procrastinate on it. I do too. <laughs> like that. Don't beat yourself up on that. You know, and then Bryant Harding says, started two years ago, been in a valley with wrist injury, but hoping to get back to oh, it man. soon. And, yeah, and I'm like, that. so crazy. I have had, I've had, um, carpal tunnel-y things and chiropractic stuff. Obviously Scott deals with, uh, focal dystonia. So best to you, Bryant, just maybe just one more here. Um, Savo once has started playing this past year, a couple years of mandolin beforehand. So progress was greatly expedited. It's awesome. Oh, and this is so cool too. got packet or no got pocket says started at 36 years old. That's so awesome. Now 48, but don't feel, um, but don't feel like it. Don't feel 48. I, I resonate with that. I'm 45 and I feel, you know, this is like an old guy thing to say, but it's like, I feel like a kid, but it's really true. You do, you know, um, playing currently in a very busy cover band and super happy with it. Loving the bass journey. It's freaking awesome. That's awesome. You guys, this is so cool to see. Thank you so much for doing that in the comments. And yeah. And Shaz, you are, you are about to, Talk to us about uh, about something new, something community, something amazing. I think, community. right? Coming up at SBL. I think so, well, yeah. I'm not sure. I'm the one who should be introducing this, but okay. Um, well, I can introduce it. I can introduce it. I appreciate the push, you guys. Uh, this month, middle of January, we're launching a brand new program. It's called Live Class. And um, so many of you on the podcast submitted names for it. And thank you. We, we loved Scott and I were like, oh, SBL Interactive. We're going to call it that. But we ended up calling it Live Class because that's exactly what it is. We wanted to tell people exactly what this program was. And it's crazy. It was born of Scott having, a, you know, a similar journey to mine that I talked about this sort of isolation and loneliness of learning in the nineties by yourself. Uh, and you know, maybe you're taking a private lesson or two, but there's not a community around. And unless you go to music school, you don't have that group of peers around you. So if you don't go to Berkeley or you don't go to Texas, like Michael league did, it's, it can be really lonely. And still that can be the case, even with the internet. I mean, the internet's amazing and that we get to be on here and, and talking to you guys. It's incredible, but still like actually learning, can be sort of isolating. Um, and so Scott uh, was really influenced by this uh, in-person jazz school that he saw that had all of these 
amazing sort of seminars that you could go to on a weekly basis. And they were, you know, technique oriented or rock or gospel or funk, all these different things you could go and do. And then he thought he like ever since then, he was like, man, how would you build something like that online? And um, and we've done it. We've totally done it. I mean, and it's it's like daunting to think how fast it's coming up, but it's going to be amazing. It's called SBL Live Class, and it is – or Live Class. Maybe you put the emphasis on live instead of class. How do you say it, Shaz? You say Live Class or Live Class? Live Class. <laughs> live I Class. Think, yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. Uh, I digress. Um, but basically, there's going to be streams um, – Three times a day, six days a week. So I think we're going Monday through Saturday, and they cover a crazy wide variety of things. So off the top of my head, there's going to be Funk with Ian King, um, who is like an incredible West End like monster London bass player. There's going to be I've got a schedule for you here if you want. Oh, you do? Oh my god. Will you read us the schedule? <laughs> okay, I hope I, I I hope this is up to date. It's this is still Again, I was we're just launching out in the weeks, breeze. So on it. <laughs> okay. Let's go. Here we go. Monday, funk class with Ian King and then bass basics. Why aren't we just calling it bass 6 with 2 s? Yeah, well, we might. We need to we need to gain a sense of humor here, man. <laughs> with, yeah, okay. Sorry, sorry, digressing. Base <laughs> basics, aka basics, with the great intro time, which some of you might know from the Blueprint program. He yep. is um, one of our tutors there. Really cool. Then another one with the intro time. Baseline creation, that might be something where you might see me peek my head in occasionally. Amazing. Are you going to really step into that? that too, Sharon? That would be so awesome. Yeah. Good. Um, Tuesday, Listening Club with Ian King, Modern Jazz with the great Gary Willis. And oh. then this one I'm more than excited about. I think It looks like I'll just be there for every 5 p.m. slot, I think. Yes. Gospel Hour with the great Travis Dykes. Travis Dykes doing gospel and CCM, you guys. This is actually a first for SBL of really, like, acknowledging the CCM side of, like, worship bass playing. So we've had Andrew Goucher in before um, talking about gospel. We've had Sheree Reed talking about, like, that sort of American black gospel church tradition. But we've never really acknowledged the CCM side as well. And Travis is going to do both. He's going to talk about gospel and CCM, which um, for I know a lot of you out there that play at church, that will be huge and like really a first for SBL. So I'm really excited about that. Yeah. Also, we're going to be posting a little bit more in detail each, like what exactly each class will have, will kind of like be about in the next couple of weeks leading up and as it goes. So stay tuned. Make sure you follow us on Instagram. If you're not following us on Instagram, subscribe. Yeah. Yeah. And then, yeah. Woo! Okay, next, Wednesday, Daisy Pepper, who I believe was here. Yeah, I wonder if earlier. Daisy's still on. Daisy's so sick. Here, I'm so shout glad. Shout out. Yeah, shout Daisy's out to Daisy. Daisy's going to be with man. us. Mm -hmm. And she's doing uh, rock. rock. Group. Yeah. It's going to be cool. It's going to be yeah. really good. And, it, and it's something that she's so passionate about. Like, check out Daisy's page, follow her on Insta. Like she is playing, she's playing um, rock tunes, and she has like a huge love for bands like muse and the deftones and then classic rock too, zeppelin and she's absolutely into it and for me that was like it was somebody that i was really hoping that we could get because i am such a fan like 
I'm such a fan of you, Daisy, if you're here or if you're here, <laughs> I'm like, like multiple screens and camera lenses, but, um, uh, also she's out there gigging, you know, she's doing it. She's not, um, only making content or only instructing. She's out on the road and playing gigs mm -hmm. all the time. So she's just going to come with a ferocious amount of perspective and passion when it comes to rock music. And again, that's something too, that we haven't had a ton of at SBL. So I'm thrilled about that. Anyway, sorry, Shaz, yeah. keep going. Oh, no, this is great. Please. You, I think you have a lot more information on these than I do, so <laughs> this is great. Um, next up, Ian, it looks like you're going to have heavy Wednesdays I'm coming one of the up Ians. for you this year. Yep. Yeah. Ian Allison, whom some of you might know. <laughs> Maybe. Hi, guys. Uh, he will hey be guys. doing two sessions. <laughs> Guided practice. Yes. And, the, and this is – I am so glad we're finally doing one of these. The gear deep dive. Yeah. So, you know, I'll speak to gear briefly. Um, obviously, I don't know about you, but whenever I would get a bass player magazine in the mail, I'm old, right? I would, that's the, my only connection. And I always wanted to know what people were playing. And now it's everywhere. I know you see gear everywhere, but it's, I'm, I'm such a fan of companies and people that make really incredible products. I think I'm always blown away by there's like a group of people that make this base and consider every single crazy small little detail. And I want to lift up those people and those companies and talk about um, how I use gear to inspire myself or to promote creativity. Like gear to me is meaningless if it is, if it doesn't inspire something in me, I mean, yeah, you know, I got some pedals on the shelves that are really beautiful to look at, but every single piece of gear that you see either behind me or in my lap or that I'm using is something that I really value in terms of, um, inspiring creativity and inspiring me to make an interesting sound. So I can't wait to do that. And the guided practice thing, um, we'll see where that goes, but I'm really excited. Like as Sharon said, I love simple bass lines. I really like to this, this back to basics thing. So I'm going to do a 45 minute class where I'm going to spread it out into three 15 minute sections. We're going to focus on timekeeping. We're going to focus on some simple theoretical exercise for the second 15, the last 15, we're going to figure out how to combine those things. And so guys on live class, the idea is there, it won't be a huge group of people. It's not going to be a thousand people on a class, right? It'll probably be somewhere between 10 and 30 people on a class. And then, so everyone will have an opportunity. Like if we're doing a guided practice session and at the end of it, someone has something they'd like to share, you can, or if you want to ask me a question, if you're going through it and we're playing, you know, a, a simple scale form and someone is like, Hey, I, you know, what's the correct finger to use here? You get to ask me that question. Or if you're on a stream with Daisy and she's like playing some amazing muse tune and you're like, oh, can you slow that down? You can actually raise your hand. It's not like mentors where it's just a chat on the other side. If you've ever been a part of the SBL mentors program, it is uh, way more interactive. You get to actually raise your hand in, in the zoom meeting and say, Hey, I, I have a question and the teacher will address your question, which is very cool. So that's what I'm going to be doing too in guided practice. I'm going to take you through how I structure a practice session. We're going to do it together. So it'll be like a workout. You'll come, you'll show up with your bass headband on dude, just yeah. like wrist, like sweat, you know, cause we're going to work it out. We're going to work it out. And <laughs> 
I'm going to take you through a practice regimen. By the end of 45 minutes, are you kidding me? You will have done the work. I wonder if anyone on this stream has actually ever really done a 45-minute practice session that is very organized, condensed, and um, I'm going to say organized again. But I feel like whenever I pick – I know, right? When I pick up my bass, I'm always like – I'm just playing crap that, you know, I'm just goofing around. And I've had uh, some really, really great um, people in my life that have taken me through uh, incredible practice sessions. One of those people is Andres Rotmistrovsky, who we'd love to get on live class as well. Andres Rot, shout out to you. Buenos Aires, Argentina, incredible bass player. But he was really inspirational to me with his guided practice thing. And so this is a borrowed concept from a lot of educators. But it is really going to – if you do it, if you commit to it and you show up, you will get better. At the end of 45 minutes, you will have increased your timekeeping skills. You will have increased your theoretical skills. And you will have increased your uh, your improv skills because we're going to put those things together and make a baseline at the end. So – that's my spiel for my class, Guided Practice, which maybe I need to come up with a snazzier name. You know, maybe I need to come up with like like a, I don't know, a more like jazz hands name for it. But um, right now it's called Guided Practice. <sighs> Sorry, Sharon. What about Thursday? What's going on on Thursday? <laughs> I'm still trying to think of a snazzier name. I'll, I'll have one. I'll have okay, one. It'll be you. like, you know, like hit exercise, but like. Something oh yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Like a like yeah. a hills intervals and whatever. Yeah. High that is. in high intensity base. <laughs> hib something. Hib. <laughs> hib. Hib. We'll work on it. Hib. We'll work on it. Mm, not there yet. See, we got two more weeks, guys. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Thursday, the man, the myth, the legend, Scott Devine will be teaching the technique dojo. So anything, yes. just I mean, he is the master of technique. Let's face it. None of us can like, he, not just does he know how to do it all, but he knows how to explain it to you and he knows how to break it down because he has just spent like his entire life figuring out how to convey this to people, which is just, I mean, hats off. I can't do that. It's incredible. Yes. He's amazing at technique. And it's one of, and and again, we chose people, we we chose, we chose Scott (laughs) for this because it's all the things. Yeah. We are forcing Scott. It's all the things that these educators are passionate about. Right. So like throwing somebody into a technique, teaching a technique course that isn't passionate about it. No, every single slot, you know, you're talking Gary Willis in advanced jazz. You're talking about me with gear. You're talking about Scott divine with technique. Like that's, it's all the right spots for people. So Scott's going to be doing that weekly you kidding me? It's crazy. You get access to him actually like that. I think about it. Um, and like, it's his favorite thing in the world, teaching technique and talking about technique. So Savo one has just given you the base, the the name for your class. What is it? It's going to be Yaba and it is Ian Allison's base aerobics. (laughs) Base aerobics. (laughs) One, five, six, seven, eight. We're just going to get into it. It's going to be amazing. I'm going to have like, I'm going to go like John McEnroe with like headband and like, you know, tank top. And I'll be like, work it out, work it out. I I promise I won't do that to you guys. (laughs) Man. (laughs) Fine. I'll just let's go gear deep time. (laughs) All right. Next. We need to get through this list. I know. Uh, (laughs) Todd Johnson's jazz workout. 
Yes, we have two jazz cor- uh, courses, classes. Classes, what are we yes. Referring to these classes. All right, Gary Willis and Todd Johnson Tuesdays and Thursdays. Very cool jazz workout. Maybe he'll also be showing up with a headband. <laughs> maybe he will. Well, and you know, Gary is going to be teaching maybe more of like an advanced jazz class, whereas Todd mm-hmm. um, is going to be teaching. It it might get advanced, but it will also be catered to more people who feel maybe like jazz is this mountain that they can't climb. And Todd will absolutely help you climb it. Todd is a monster educator and such a such a, a wonderful guy. Like very like clear um, and encouraging and can break things down very simply. So if you feel like, ooh, I don't want to step into a class with Gary Willis, you should, but you should maybe jump in with Todd first because he will absolutely sort you out with jazz. It's cool. Hell yeah. Then this is my favorite class because I love transcription. Transcription Club with our very own head of education, Eric Wills. He's the man behind all of the courses that you see on SBL. That's right. He, He runs those, produces those. You get to meet him now. He's going to be there. And are you yeah. going to ever do some transcription shows? I don't know. Maybe. Maybe, I'll, maybe if he ever needs a sub, I'll just... I'll tell you what. Sharon, Sharon is just good at too many things. That's the problem, Shaz. You're just good at too many things. So you're spread out all over this, all over this company doing all the cool stuff. And, you know, I'm like, can you, could, could we get Sharon to do this? Could we get Sharon? Like, Sharon's like, yeah, do you have a cloning device? Like, can, can we make an, another couple copies of me, hey, so that I can dig into all this cool stuff? I just want you a part of it, but I know you got other you things to do. Full Minnesota there for a second. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. We'll get through Friday. We got this. Okay. We got it. Motown Friday with the great Danny Mo Morris. Oh my and then God. Rhythmic Groove Boot Camp with Steve Jenkins. And then finally, and this is, I think, might be a first for us, Upright Hour with Katie Th- Thoreau. <laughs> Thank you. I mean, read that Friday again. Who do we got? That's crazy. Danny Mo Morris, Motown, Fr- Mo- Mo- Motown Friday, Rhythm and Groove Boot Camp with Steve Jenkins. An upright hour with Katie Thoreau. Whoa, you have balloons. I did. I don't know. I did this and balloons went up on my, I mean, it was appropriate. It's very celebratory. I don't know. Like I was counting though. It's one, (laughs) two, but yeah, you guys, that's crazy. Danny Moe from Berkeley, killing bass player, Steve Jenkins, who's played with like Vernon Reed from Living Color, um, Tony McAlpine, an incredible bass player doing a rhythm workshop. That's amazing. And Katie Thoreau on upright. Wild. That's an amazing Friday. I want to be there for all of that, actually. I need to dust off the upright. So, Ian, hearing this, knowing about this, how does this compare to your journey? This is is what I dreamed of. This is actually an impossible – this is actually something that I didn't even dream of because I didn't think it was possible. You know what I mean? Like when I was coming up playing the bass, the internet was still a fad. Actually, when I started to play bass, there was no internet, you know, old guy stuff. Right. But then when it came out, it was like, this is, this is dumb email, like stupid. No (laughs) one is ever going to take email seriously. So I couldn't have even conceived of something like this. I thought that Mm. this was going to be a, um, like I couldn't even I couldn't even imagine. It was like going to a different planet. Like studying with some of my favorite educators and players and people in the world, like from my house? No. 
It's not possible. So compared to my journey, this is an incredible opportunity. I guess I would say that. Um, it's, of course, amazing to be in person with someone studying. But the next best thing is to be across glass from them and being able to ask them questions, being able to mm -hmm. say like this. Um, and that's something, you know, like the mentors streams. I love doing the A to Z of greatest baselines. That's still going to continue. But the problem with just the straight mentors program is there's no interaction outside of every 15 minutes. I'm going to try to go through the chat. Right. And the thing about live class is it's happening three times a day for, for every week. And then it is, uh, you're able to interact and you're able to, you're showing the teacher that you've got, you're there with your instrument. Right. And so, man, I mean, it's, it's wildly different than my journey for sure. What about yours? Like, how does it differ? How do you think it's going to differ to the Berkeley in-person experience? Um, I think, I'm not sure it can replace something like an in-person college necessarily. I for think sure. it can help you get there though. Like, I know growing up, my dream was to like attend a music high school, but we don't have those back in Switzerland. It's just dry high school. And if you have a music lesson, it's like basics, just this is a quarter note. And now let's sing the national hymn. Like it's like <laughs> yeah. really, I'm not even joking. We did that. Um, <laughs> but that was kind of like, that's the extent of music class for a lot of it, unless you like major in it and whatnot. But then at that point it's, it's not the same. And I, all I wanted, I was like, I was looking into high schools here because I had internet growing up because I'm a baby. Yeah. Um, and I, and I would see like, there are like high school programs that are just music that you don't have to do a lot of the other crap because you're like creatively inclined in some way or another. And I was always really jealous of that. And I think for me, my dream would have probably been to like, I would just have been poking my parents like, hey, can I just please have this? Because then I can, I can go to school, I can do my thing, but I have like this schedule that I can attend of just yeah. crazy bass classes, which is wild. That's all I ever wanted. I know. And then obviously I went to Berkeley, but I feel like I would have had so much more foundation before mm. even getting to something like Berkeley. If I just attend something like that, maybe I don't need to go to Berkeley. Obviously, there's like different things about Berkeley, which is connections and the of things course. that you hear about, like the facilities. Nothing can nothing can replace an in-person stuff. It's just like a COVID live stream versus going to a live show. Like there's just a different energy that you yes. get from that. But man, I know I would have forced my parents to do this. I would have been like, <laughs> listen. Well, and I mean, even, you know, like you're talking about it from this perspective of like getting skills together to do an audition. And there are so many ways that it could help you. Like for me at this point in my life, like I want it, if I weren't a part of it, I would want to join it because I would want to know what Travis Dykes had to say about CCM right. and gospel. Yeah. Or I, I would want to, oh my God, get to spend an hour with Danny Moe every week and, and not be at Berkeley. I mean, you can, you can pay the Berkeley yep. tuition to spend an hour a week with Danny Moe. You can do that. Um, and you can go through that process or you can do it with SBL. Like that's, that's pretty heavy. 
Um, Gary Willis getting like I would have I was a huge tribal tech fan in high school. And so to like be able to study with Gary once a week, that's crazy. So, yeah, it's it's amazing. Also, I've got to say, too, if you have a job and you're like, oh, I can't go to this like they're archived. So if you have like anything, you know, like any on demand service like Netflix or something, all of these classes are going to be archived. Or if you've ever done a thing like Peloton, um, which is, I will say my Peloton bike is mighty dusty at the moment. Got to get back on it. That's part of the, that's part of the old, uh, the old new year's resolution that I haven't spoken about, but the, all those rides, for instance, like an exercise class, all those rides happen live, but then are archived. So if you want to go back, if you're like, oh, I missed uh, Muse Week with Daisy, I want to go back and do that. Or if you're like, oh, mm. I really wanted to see when Ian was working through the modes in his guided practice session, you can go back and find that. Or any any of them, they're all going to be archived. So it's going to be an outrageous amount of content, outrageous. Um, and there's just going to be something happening every single day like of the week, except Sundays, right? We're going to take Sundays off. I think we're taking Sundays off. Um, are we doing Saturday, Shaz? It's at least no, Monday, Monday through, through Friday. Friday. We get, we get weekends. All right. Weekends, you're out there we weekends. gigging. Weekends, you're hanging out with yeah. your family. Weekends, you're taking your dog to the dog park. I don't know what you're doing on the weekends, but live class Monday through Friday. Or on the weekends, you're going back to the archive and checking out, and you're doing Funk Friday with Ian King, right? And you're doing like rhythm uh, workshop with Steve Jenkins, maybe on the weekends if you didn't catch it during the week. But um, I'm. I'm pumped about it. I'm like nervous about it because it's such a big thing that's coming. But um, I'm really excited about it too. I'm really excited. SBL live class coming up. Someone is asking about the timings. We do have. I I I'm seeing tentative timings on this non-released schedule. I'm a little wary about saying them because a I don't know what time zone they're in, and b I don't know whether that's actually set in stone. But yeah. I can do a quick rundown if people want. Um, sure. the first class, so it's 10 a.m. funk class with Ian King. But on what Monday, time zone is that then... in? Mm-hmm. Oh, we don't know. Okay, that's the thing. I don't, I don't really know. It also says sample schedule, so take this with a grain of salt, but so that you have sort of kind of a ballpark. Um, usually the morning sessions will be either 10 a.m. or 11 a.m. in whatever time zone this is supposed to be. I'm guessing UK, right? Okay, yep. Um, and then the afternoon slot is, I guess, always 1 p.m. And then the evening slot will be 5 p.m. or 4 p.m. Um, yes. On the day. And that probably is uh, that probably is GMT because or UK time, because I don't think I'm ever teaching the first slot uh, right. because it's so it would be so dang early. early. But we've we've taken <laughs> yeah. into account. Don't worry. We've taken into account time zones and we've tried to put this stuff like for the world spread out as best we can to access all the, all the time zones. So yeah, that's something that we've really strived to do. Shaz, do we want to take a couple more questions and then Let's let these good it. people move on with their day? Let's do it. Okay. <laughs> a lot of IMA five questions. Here oh yeah. Up. You never know. 
IMA5, <laughs> you never know. Wouldn't that be cool? And Spencer is asking, how are we so cool? It's because we know you, Spencer. <laughs> you make us cool. <laughs> That's true. That is 100% true. <laughs> Someone's asking, what's your favorite Warwick bass? Six-string thump all the way. Oh, yeah, you got it. And it is my Desert Island bass. Yeah, you've got a 90s Warwick thumb, right? Incredible. Yeah. Yep. Incredible. Yeah. Okay. Um, someone is asking here, how do I get into live practice, live class? Um, Jer Pratt, yeah, I guess we haven't talked about that yet. Uh, we're just giving you a little teaser. When's all that information coming, Shaz? Uh, I assume it's the day it launches, which I think is the 16th. I hope Lydia's. Of January. Yeah. Of January, 16th, 15th. It's mid-January. I think it's a Monday. Mm, don't have a calendar open. I did not prepare myself for this question. Do you know off the top of your head what it's going to cost? Mm, I think for existing... Oh, Lydia says Jan 15th. Great. Lydia's here. Thank you. Thank you, Lydia. Lydia, do you know how much it costs? Oh, she says it depends. Okay, it depends. I guess existing members probably have a price, and then if you're a founding member, there is a, a certain price. And then I think that – I don't know how long. I guess the founding member price is, um, is locked in for the first run that we do, which I, I think is three weeks, six I weeks. I think it's actually – no, the founding member price is locked in for the whole time you're, you just stay. I don't want to misquote well, yeah, but it, though. If you if you join within those first couple of weeks, the first time we launch Life Class, then you're yeah. a founding member – whether you're a member or whether you're taking it, um, whether you're joining the academy, um, straight, <laughs> flat, new, whatever right. uh, the words are, um, then you're a founding member, and then it's cheaper. But once that like initial first run is over, it'll the whole thing will go up a little bit. I I don't want to say numbers because I don't want to be wrong, but it's it, it's so much less money than it should be. <laughs> Like, I remember like it working on this Berkeley stuff. Tuition. Yes. Yeah, and I was like, well, what's it cost to go to Berkeley? I mean, we were talking about this. What's a year of Berkeley cost? Um with housing seventy four thousand, without housing fifty yeah. something. Yeah. Yeah. So even if you're not thinking about housing, right, it's like fifty grand or whatever to go to Berkeley. Um and this is going to be fraction a, a lot less money than that um, a, a massive fraction of that yeah. yeah i can say i can say that it's going to be under a thousand dollars i'm gonna say that i'll just say that and then depending on your depending on where you are if you're an existing member if you get in early or whatever there's different price breaks but it'll be under I a grand right. um for a year and right. and it's uh, and it's funny because when Scott was telling me like, oh, the founding member price and stuff uh, that I just don't want to misquote and get wrong, but it's in the hundreds of dollars. Um, I was like, that's too cheap. Is it four ninety nine? Founding member price? I think it's four ninety nine. I did the sales video. I should know this. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's that's wild. Four ninety nine a year um, if you get in early, and so it's going to launch on the fifteenth of January. Uh, and if you want to get in at that price, it's crazy. It's you know, I mean. The amount of work that we're doing for it and the amount of people involved and what it takes to do it and the amount of content that you get, it's wild. So I would recommend it to absolutely anybody. 
anybody because there's going to be something for everyone. Um, and even if you're not taking all three classes every day, can you imagine? Mm -hmm. Like if you just – you're like, this is what I'm going to do with my life. You could. You could do that. But um, imagine like how it is going to feel to get in there and to be able to ask questions, be around your fellow bass players, um, be on calls with the best bass educators in the world. It's going to be amazing. And I can't freaking wait. So, uh, yeah, live class coming middle of the month. Amazing. Uh, Sharon, one last question before we roll. How about one more? Can we take All right, one? Someone asked, what's my dog's name? It's Jerry. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> someone did ask that, but that is not the final question. I we'll not go out with that, I but I really it. needed to answer it. Um, I love it. Like, you pick one. I've been okay, one. okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll pick one. Um, I will pick one. How about this? This is fun. Um, what to think about when – how about this? We'll, we'll pivot to a little bit of gear. What to think about when buying your next base? I can't decide. Um, this is a great question, and I think it's just all about the context of what you do. If you're going to buy an instrument or you're going to buy any piece of gear, I think it's about looking at what you do and really deciding what you need in your life. So if you're playing at church and your sound person has been like, Hey, your bass is noisy. Um, you need to think about, you know, getting it shielded or getting an instrument that maybe is really nice and quiet on those big stages. Or if you're playing with a rock band and you're like, ah, I need something to like get gritty or like maybe you're thinking about a distortion pedal. Um, I think specifically with basses, I think, um, depending on what you have, you just look at like, are you being asked to do things that you can't really do? Like if you're a rock bass player, this is my journey was I was like a rock bass player, bright strings, round wounds with a pick and distortion. And then when I started to play sessions, people were asking for thumpier sounds like Hofner, short scale, flat wound. Right. So like, you know, and Sharon, you got, you were in more of like, you're playing six strings and you've got, you had that ding wall that you stole from me and right. And then finally there was a time where you're like, oh, I, I need a P base and you got a P base yes. and you put flats on it for a while. Does it have rounds on it now? Yeah, that's cool. I mean, you know, it's all good. You can put the flats back. We'll go on back to the know. flats soon. But I got yeah. a fretless coming, so maybe I won't need flats. Right. And right, it's like so so you know, you sort of filled this spot in your arsenal of Yeah. Well, I need this sort of sound to do this piece of content or to make this video or to do this recording. So I think, you know, for everybody it's the same. But there's not like I remember reading in Bass Player Magazine this thing years ago of like every bass player needs to have a five string and a P bass and a music man. And that's not necessarily true. It just depends on what the gigs you play, you know? I feel like just yesterday you were saying everyone should have a short scale. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I guess I do sort of think that. But, it, but again, it just depends on what you do. I just want everyone yeah. to experience what a short scale is like. They're so cool. Notes mm -hmm. on the D and G strings still sound like bass. Like it's so different to a long scale or extended range five or six string bass. It's the opposite. And it's just cool to have that in your knowledge and in your arsenal. But if you're never playing music that requires you to sound like Carol Kay or Justin Meldel yeah. Johnson or something, then yeah, maybe a short scale is not for you. But I just – I find that when I'm thinking about an, another instrument, it needs to fill like a sonic spot 
I'm like, oh, right. I would love to have that like short. What are short... you missing? Yeah, what are what are you right. missing? It's like, what do you find yourself saying? I wish I had the most, and then that's probably your next phase. Exactly. Yeah, it's a good call. Miss <sighs> Reynolds, you're the best. Thank you for doing this. I mean, right back at you. Thank you for, for doing this. Yeah. And guys, hopefully we'll see you at Life Class. We're going to be talking about it a bunch more uh, here on Instagram and I assume so on the podcast as well. I'm excited. I'm excited I'm too. I'm probably going to be there for a bunch of these. And hopefully if uh, one, and not hopefully, if Eric ever gets sick, I will jump in for a transcription oh, course. <laughs> I can't. I can't freaking wait. And I can't wait for some of the teachers to ask me to sub their classes too. If you're out yeah. there and you're like, like Daisy, if you need to be on the road and you're like, can you take rock class for a bit? I'll be like, hell yeah. I'm going to be pumped. Are you though for 10 a.m. UK time? Oh, Are you going to be pumped? <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Also, guys, if any of you come out to Nam, Sharon and I are going to be pounding that pavement. We're going to be walking around, hanging out. We're going to be drinking coffees. She's going to be trying to get me to to sing out, tap out conical rhythms, and I'm going to be saying no. Sharon's going to pick up a beautiful <laughs> custom fretless bass. Uh, I might be hanging out a little bit with uh, at, at the Trickfish and Mike Lowell booth. I might do a little something with Spectre, but we're going to be there repping SBL. It's going to be a blast. So please come and say hi to us. Friday and Saturday. Friday and Saturday. That's a good Friday call. Friday and Saturday. We will be there. Say hi. If you see us, jump us. Well, gently. <laughs> <laughs> you said it. I didn't. All, all good. Got out of that one. All right. I'll just, I'll be standing behind you. If they jump you, it's less of an issue because, I mean, good luck. You're just going to bounce right off. <laughs> With tall drink of water, you guys. Tall drink of water. All right. Hey. You'll see him from a mile away. You'll see <laughs> yeah. him head. All yeah. happy, like a dog. He'll be like... Just know that whenever someone meets me that knows me just like online, the first thing they always say is, you're so much taller than I thought you'd be. And I can never say the inverse. I can never say, oh my gosh, you're so much shorter than I thought you'd be. <laughs> but sometimes I think it. <laughs> you must have thought it with both Lydia and I. Like, uh, no question. You guys are petite indeed. Yes. But you can't say that as a big, tall dude. Side. You can't be like, oh my God, you're so much shorter than I thought you'd be. <laughs> like, you can't say that. Oh. You can't even go like, oh, you're so petite. It's like, <laughs> No, that doesn't work. But it works the other way. Everybody's like, you're a mountain. I'm like, all right, guys, let's come on. Go easy. All right. <laughs> all right, everybody, this has been fun. We're going to see you very soon uh, at NAM SBL live class coming middle of January. Can't wait. Talk to you soon. Thanks for hanging. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.